Welcome to Nakubo in Brief, a podcast series from the National Association of College and University Business Officers. I'm President and CEO John Walda, and I'd like to thank you for tuning in today. Our mission with this podcast is to help our listeners better understand the challenges that face the business of higher education. Our hope is that you walk away with a stronger sense of the trends, policies, legislative, and regulatory issues that may impact campuses today and in the future. You can find resources for today's episode, as well as a wide variety of educational tools at www.nakubo.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Nakubo in Brief. My name is Megan Strand, your host for today, and I'd like to thank you so much for tuning in. I'm very excited to be here with Leslie McBain, who is Assistant Director of Research and Policy Analysis for Nakubo, as well as Marta Perez-Drake, who is Vice President of Professional Development, also for Nakubo. And today we're going to be discussing Nakubo's Chief Business Officer Profile Study, which was sponsored by TIAA. So let's turn it over to you first, Marta, to just explain what this Chief Business Officer Profile Study is all about. Thank you so much for having us, Megan. We have been working on the Chief Business Officer Profile Study since 2010. This is the third iteration of our survey that is based loosely on the American Council on Education, that's ACE survey for chief academic officers. And the survey was created in 2010 to start benchmarking and tracking CBO career paths, what their current areas of responsibility were, uh, what their ideas were for career advancement, uh, and, and also just to collect basic demographic and other characteristics that we have not, we had not at that time collected in the past. So we've been doing the survey. This is the third iteration. We did one in 2010, 2013, and now in 2016. Uh, the survey in 2016 was sent electronically to approximately 3,000 higher education CBO and financial officers at Nakubo member and non-member institutions. And we received about 700 and actually not about, we precisely 713 CBOs completed the survey. Wow. Roughly 87% came from the Nakubo members and about half came from colleges and universities with fewer than 4,000 FTEs or full-time equivalent students. Why did you decide to study CBO demographics and career profiles and all of this great information? We uh, just didn't have any data on our chief business officers. Very, uh, a lot of it was what I refer to as anecdata, you know, anecdotal, <laughs> um, anecdotal ideas about who was uh, who were our members. And that was based on who was coming to our meetings or who was involved with our um, organization. But we really didn't have a clear picture of what our chief business officer member looked like and what their needs were and what uh, their demographics were. And this was an opportunity for us to, A, just get a, get a benchmark but then also be able to plan accordingly uh, in terms of you know what their needs are so that we could be responsive to them as a member association. So we also uh, were interested in this and, and do, doing this study because it was a collaborative effort with ACE. And chief academic officers are one of the key partners that chief business officers have to work with day in and day out. Uh, in their roles. And so we felt that having a study that 
mirrored or or was connected to that survey would be beneficial for us because those are the two positions that are pretty key um, on the president's cabinet and and being able to compare and contrast those roles so that they could better work together and be better partners together would be valuable. So this is your third iteration of this study. How has it changed over time? We have learned a lot since the first iteration. Uh, We have recognized, though, that we had been missing key areas of information. So every time we do the study, we get some great information, we present it to our board and to our members, and they would ask us follow-up questions. Well, what, what about this or what about that? And we didn't have the data for that. So every time that we've done the survey, we've always gone back to the membership. We have had a committee of members to review the data and to review the questions to see if we can be asking those questions differently or what's missing, how can we drill down? And so this year, our focus was looking at a few areas that were still missing that we had not asked in the past. Uh, That included CBO salary levels, uh, succession planning activities, Mm -hmm. as well as um, trying to ask more targeted questions about career trajectories and career pathways so that we could start to distill any differences that we might be able to identify between male and female chief business officers, as well as people of color. Because um, what the survey has indicated to us is that our members are overwhelmingly white, that 90% 90 are white, and overwhelmingly male, 70% are male uh, in general. And so as we think about the changes to the profession and we have uh, retirement uh, numbers that continue to increase, uh, we recognize that this is an opportunity for us to consider the pipeline, develop key talent so that we can increase those numbers in in the areas of gender and race ethnicity. Well, I want to turn to Leslie now and talk a little bit about the results of this study. So Leslie, can you tell us what really stood out to you? What was most striking about this year's study? Sure. As Marta pointed out, the one of the first striking things is the the basic demographic characteristics of those CBOs who respond to the study have not changed since 2010. We're mm. still seeing the majority of campus business officers, leaders are male, white, married, and about 56 years old. In the 2016 study, women account for about a third of CBOs, but about 47% of those women respondents were actually concentrated in the community college sector, which we would have to do more research into to look into more deeply. Women were also more likely to have interrupted their careers to care for children or other family members, and we see this in other industries as well. While the number of CBOs of color who responded to the survey is quite small, in the 2016 survey, around 12%, and thus we're quite limited in what conclusions we can draw from those numbers, we do see some points that are interesting to note. For instance, almost 80% of CBOs of color consider diversity either very important or important in the questions we had on succession planning, which are new in the 2016 study. That answer total was close to 12 percentage points higher than the white CBOs responding, who also considered it very important or important. Again, this is a very small sample of CBOs of color, so we do need to interpret that data with caution. Second, 
In terms of satisfaction with jobs, while the majority of our CBO survey respondents, as in previous years, indicate that they're either very satisfied or satisfied with their jobs in 2016, that's almost 87%. So we have a lot of satisfied CBOs out there. The percentage of those who are very satisfied with their jobs has actually decreased between the last two surveys. So that's a point of interest to Nakubo in terms of what's going on out there. And third, as Marta also referred to earlier, another major change has been the number of CBOs who plan to retire from their current positions. The way we do this survey allows us to track trends in coming retirements and start planning for the future around this trend, as Marta mentioned. In the 2016 survey, almost 44% of respondents indicated that their next career move was retirement. And that's increased from about 40% of respondents in 2010. And of those in 2016 who said that their next career move was retirement, about 10% said they would retire in less than one year compared with 6% in 2013. And another 34% expect to retire within the next three years. So this suggests that 44% of the CBOs who are planning to retire as of the 2016 survey plan to do so less than four years from now. So that's obviously something that is important to Nakubo, to its members, and to the industry as a whole. And related to that point, the percentage of CBOs who are 65 years old and older has nearly tripled from a little over 5% in 2010 to just over 14% in 2016, while the share of CBOs under 45 has declined by nearly half. Obviously, people are getting older. But this raises questions about how institutions can recruit younger professionals into the CBO pipeline, which is a concern that's shared in other executive areas of higher education, for example, college presidents, chief academic officers, and other areas of colleges and universities that are seeing their top leaders aging out and choosing to retire with some concerns about who's going to come in to replace them. So how are you recommending CBOs use this data, or is it really just for their own personal edification and and benchmarking? We want CBOs and other areas of higher education to be aware of this data. How people use the data really is dependent partly on their individual institutional circumstances. For example, with succession planning, a public institution might not legally be allowed to do anything but an open search, whereas a private institution might be able to do something different. So we have to be cognizant of the fact that we can't recommend a one-size-fits-all data plan to people on Mm -hmm. how to use it. Mm But we certainly hope that it's useful to our members in bringing up points that they may already be considering on their campuses, that they haven't looked into in as much depth as they'd like to, perhaps, and to give them information that they can use to better serve their students and their campus constituencies. How is Nakubo planning to use these results? A, it helps to validate some of what we're thinking in terms of and and what we're seeing Mm -hmm. um, and then being able to act upon it. So for instance, with the succession planning questions that we have developed, uh, we are better understanding what the obstacles are for developing key talent on our campuses. And we have a board committee on succession planning, and we've been engaging them on identifying what resources we can 
uh, create for our members. Uh, this this includes uh, the launch of a fellows program that we're just about that we're launching in Montreal, uh, where we're identifying a class of 15 uh, individuals to that are aspiring to be chief business officers and using this data to help inform them as they aspire to that next position. We also are looking at the retirees. Uh, we've we've created a retired business officer network. Mm-hmm. That's a group of, uh, of our members that are going to continue to rise. And so we've been holding, uh, paying attention to that group, uh, engaging those who are retiring and asking them upon retirement if they'd like to stay engaged with Nakubo in a number of different ways. And so we're collecting that information and we're also, um, and so we're able to use um, them as consultants, as fac- program faculty, uh, as uh, reviewers for uh, publications and other other kinds of activities. And then the, th- the third piece that we're starting to investigate is given that we see um, the number of chief business officers uh, that are 65 and older, uh, trip, you know, they've, it's tripled since mm-hmm. 2010, is, is further investigating what, um, what is keeping our chief business officers on campus and asking some questions about transitions and how can we facilitate transitions into retirement? What are some best practices? What can we do for those members who are at that point where they're going to be retiring uh, in one to four years uh, to help their institutions as well as them as individuals um, have a seamless or at least uh, pain-free retirement? Now, how can listeners get a copy of the report? Because I'm sure after hearing both of you, they're going to want to do that. The 2016 Nakubo National Profile is going to be available for free on our website at www.nakubo.org. Anything else either of you would like to add about this study or its implications? The only thing I'd like to add is that... uh, we we thank our members for being part of the survey and con- spending the time filling out this data. Um, it's very very important to us and for the for the success of Nakubo, but also for the success of the profession. And uh, we'll be tapping them in 2019 and and hope <laughs> that we have some great uh, response rates uh, at that time. So thank you very much. Excellent. Well, thank you both, Leslie and Marta, for joining me today to share the results of this fantastic study. And as Marta just mentioned, you can find out more about today's episode by visiting the distance learning section of nakubo.org. Obviously, make sure you subscribe to Nakubo in Brief in iTunes so that you'll get the latest episodes instantly. And on behalf of Leslie, Marta, and myself, I'd like to thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Nakubo in Brief.